Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here, the second hour of the program, and it's a free-for-all on the phones today. You can call in about your preferred topic. The phone number is 877-973-7425. A word, if you will, out of the gate. And and I'm actually going to start. Uh, we've got a, got a few people on hold about the last hour. I want to go on and clear the field there before we move on, but you can still call in about that. Uh, but I, just a real word here. Um, you, the audience, do not have the right to be on the air. You get the privilege of being on the air with me. I say this. Because we have an aggrieved caller who is very, very angry that the call screener chose not to put the caller on. Now, I I personally like the idea occasionally of of having a few people who say nonsensical things come on air because we all do need to be reminded that clowns exist. But I say this because... You get nowhere with me when you email me and tell me that the call screener was was mean to you, was not nice to you, um, that you expected to get on because you had a point. I'm sorry. I have a call screener because not everyone gets on. Your job as a caller is to make me look good. (laughs) Actually, it's not. Uh, Your job is to have an insightful point or question that I might be able to answer. Uh, if you've gotten past the call screener, you should feel privileged and honored that my call screener, who has exceedingly high standards, decided that your call warranted getting on. I, I will tell you, on occasion, there are people who call back so incessantly and frequently who he does not think merit getting on air that he just puts them on hold. And all I see on the call screening program is, nope, not a chance. And I know, don't answer that call, because that's a person who harassed the call screener and made him mad. Your gateway into the program is the call screener. He likes Bud Light and bourbon and dances in the park and barefoot on grass and sausages. That's all I'm going to say. Now, I will... Go to the phones, to those who merited making it past the call screener. I will begin with Jim. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you, Eric, for the privilege of being on the air. Absolutely. Um, I would also also like to thank you for the courage to cover this topic. Um, I used to live in Connecticut, and I ran a conservative group. And uh, for defending the police department, I was personally attacked by BLM, who tried to destroy me and my family, but that's another story for another day. I would like to talk about Antifa in Atlanta. The media is very responsible for the perception and the narrative that's out there. There's extremists on both right and left side. The difference with the media is that they associate everybody on the right with the ideology of right-wing extremists when the opposite is true. Most conservatives, most Republicans do not agree at all with the ideals of right-wing extremists. The opposite is true on the left. The the average person, the average liberal Democrat, has sympathy for the feeling and for the causes of the left-wing extremists. Now, having set up that narrative, what I see as the problem here 
is if you have a night of rage and you have an Antifa group and that Antifa group happens to run into the wrong right wing extremist group and the wrong two people in those groups come together, chaos erupts. That's going to go national quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I, and I, I that agree. Is, that is my fear of the Civil War, not so much of the people rising against the government, which I don't completely disagree with, but if you get the wrong two people in these groups that end up head-to-head and sparks fly, it's going to get ugly, and it's going to get ugly fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's only uh, my, one of my fears, by the way, Jim, is that uh, this group being here emboldens uh, some of these Proud Boy types to come down and, and try to provoke a confrontation with them, which is another reason I think the police at this point uh, and the government have to deal decisively with the Antifa group now as a state enterprise against them before you just start I- inviting the crazy. Now, not to get into comics, and Jim, I appreciate the, the call, but point worth making here. One of the developed themes in the Batman comic series, I know, I just bear with me, please, but one of the developed themes, and you saw it in, in Christopher Nolan's Batman series that, that was kind of harnessed there, is the existence of the Batman provoked the super criminal to go to Gotham City. That there were problems in Gotham City, the mob, corruption, all of these things were there, and the Batman arose to deal with those problems, but then his existence arising to take care of those problems actually made the problem worse by provoking the super criminal to show up to take him on, to pick fights with him. That's one of the the themes that, that run through the Batman series. It's kind of one of the themes that run through some of the superhero comic series in general. We're kind, we kind of see this play out sometimes. The, the Proud Boys uh, show up in Portland to take on Antifa. Now, what, what I've noted about these is that in most cases, it's always the, the left. Uh, there are more of those agitators than there are on the right. Most people on the right, they got families and kids and jobs, and, and they're not radicals. But you got a lot of unemployed uh, hipster youth out there. Shut up, Philip. Uh, who are uh, unemployed, despondent, and in uh, left-wing sensitivities, and so they sign up with these causes because they want to feel a part of something. They're not in church. Uh, they are not connected to God. They want to feel a part of something, and so they show up and, and uh, wrap themselves around these Antifa causes, but they do provoke a response from radicals on the right, and there are radicals on the right. There are on both sides, and, and you do have to be mindful of that. And yet, to Jim's point, we're going to have this clash between the two. And when the media picks a side of one, it emboldens the other side to come get attention, as opposed to stamping this stuff out. You're playing with fire in this. Now, uh, back to the phones. Uh, Adrian, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Thank you. And thank you, Paul Screener, for taking my call. I think that many of these terrorists have a death wish. If you fire at a police officer, especially when the other officers are present, you know with virtual certainty exactly what is going to happen next. Right. There's no excuse for it. Okay. Yeah. That's look, all I wanted to say. I'm going to hang up and you can go right. on it if you want. I, look, I, I appreciate I mean, honestly, 
You fire at a police officer. What do you think is going to happen? There are some obvious laws of nature that come into effect there. It's like, you know, I I was talking the other day about the story about the two guys. They adopted the two children from a Christian adoption agency, and it turns out that they were pedophiles. They were serially sexually abusing their kids and then renting out their children to uh, other men on a uh, gay dating platform. And that most of the national media has ignored the story because it, it's these were two well-known gay rights activists doing this, and they want to make the gay community look bad by highlighting these two, and uh, they're afraid of people will extrapolate from it. Uh, and, and they won't cover this sort of stuff. There, there's, a, there's a law of nature here, though. These two men are going to go to prison for a very long time when they are found guilty. And you know what happens to pedophiles in prison. I'm not trying to be crass or even make a joke about it. You just know they are treated very poorly by prisoners uh, and oftentimes don't make it through their prison sentence. I read that story, and that was my first thought, that um, for all the people saying these two men should be uh, executed for what they did, um, well, prison justice um, is something not to be dismissed. It's a terrible, brutal, awful thing, and uh, it's it's a law of consequence, a law of nature when this sort of thing happens. And the same thing, like when a pedophile goes to prison, typically bad things happen from other prisoners. It's just expected that it will unless they're kept in solitary confinement the entire time. When you shoot a police officer, guess what the police tend to do? They shoot back. They have guns. Uh, you die. It's, it, there are actions and reactions in nature around these things, and it's just something – you do have to keep in mind, Kyle, you're going to be the next caller. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Good afternoon, Eric. Good to talk to you. I'm a happy listener. Um, I just had a quick question. I was just um, on a on a left media, major left media website and ran across an article. Um, and the article states, best-selling author Emma Straub had two book events canceled in Texas after some discovered she used profanity on social media. Uh, and I, the question I have is, I went to go make a Facebook post about it and say, are you serious? So if you pin a children's book, you are not ever or allowed to ever use profanity on social media in person without being canceled. Is, is this wokeism or is it less canceling less? Is it cancel culture? And it just, it, it the article is pretty detailed. Um, oh, okay, so Charlie sent me the link here. Let, let's see this. A, a Texas school district canceled a scheduled visit from New York Times bestselling author Emma Straub after learning she regularly used foul language on social media. She uh, read her first children's picture book, Very Good Hats, to kindergartners and first graders uh, outside of Houston at the Katy Independent School District. However, the district decided to ret- rescind the invitation a day before her visit. Um, this is kind of ridiculous looking at this yeah i mean i think she actually landed there and then they told her no that she's not going to be able to go to the schools and it just it it fascinated me because it it almost sounds like left canceling left well okay except so what you need to know about the katy independent school district is it's one of the super 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 conservative areas of texas so it's more the conservatives canceling the liberals because one of her tweets was f guns F people who care more about controlling women's bodies than protecting us from people with guns. Um, and this was after the Uvalde, Texas shooting her emotional response. Um, I, you know, I'm 
Yeah. So, okay. So, so I'm torn on this one uh, because, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. She's actually a well-known author and her books are not considered um, indoctrinational books. They're actually considered kid-friendly books uh, that people really like. I just this, – this – I'm going to punish you for your tweets thing. It really does rub me the wrong way uh, on both sides doing it to each other. But at the same time, I also do think that we have communities of interest in this country and, and liberals want to have drag queens show up and conservatives don't want to have progressives show up and we have to live in communities of interest. But each side's intolerance of the other these days is what I think is driving sparks. Social media, I think, is... It's becoming this divisive force in the country overall. And part of me hopes that Elon Musk runs Twitter into the ground, which it looks like he's – I mean, Twitter, y'all, is, is – he's not breaking the site. He's just making decisions that make it so you don't want to use it, where you're confronted every day with all the people you don't like, and you've got to see their tweets before you see your friend's tweets. Um, this isn't I, – I think this is bad form particularly an award-winning author that's never been accused of writing books that indoctrinate kids to the left or the right, but happen to get upset about a school shooting in Texas. Um, I No, I, I think there's an overreaction here. And the, you know, the other thing is it always is the loudest whiners on both sides who get their way. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. And I really do think that on both sides, you got to stop humoring the squeaky wheel and giving it the grease because then you just embolden more squeaky wheels. The weather outside might be frightful, but in your bed, you've got super soft bowl and branch sheets to sleep under. They'll keep you comfortable. They're just the perfect weight. Summer, winter, fall, spring, the perfect weight, and they get softer every wash. And right now with the weather so cold outside, you want to just be snuggled up inside. They're the perfect sheets under which you and your loved one can snuggle. And right now you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Eric at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L. A-N-D-Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Bull and Branch sheets are the perfect 100% organic cotton threads that get softer every wash. Not only do they get softer every wash, but they, the drape across your body is just perfect. I really enjoy mine. We've got them now on multiple beds in the house. We've just kept buying them because they're so soft. And every wash, they get softer. And right now, get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code ERIC. One of the things that I love about the free-for-all days like we do today is that uh, you guys can kind of steer topics or, or amplify topics. And so I know coming in, it's like, I yeah, I got a lot of stuff to talk about, but I, I can set it aside. But I do have stuff I want to talk about, including when we come back, uh, the latest outrage from the Davos set and the global warming set is first they wanted you to give up meat for vegetables. Then they wanted you to give up vegetables for bugs. Then they wanted you to give up cow's milk for cockroach milk, and that makes me want to throw up just saying it, but it's true. Did you know it's so much more nutritious? Oh, I'm going to gag. Ugh. That's actually something that's come up in the last couple of weeks from scientists. Well, now, my friends, they want you to give up your coffee. They want you to give up your coffee because it's bad for the environment. It contributes to global warming. 
coffee production does. It has such a big environmental footprint. I just, I just want to pour hot coffee on these people. Just ah, send them through McDonald's uh, for their hot coffee. I just it, why? And you notice the, these these morons in Davos. They don't want to give up their private planes. They, I want a private plane. I don't actually want a private plane. I just want to be able to fly on one. High priority, Jen. I love you. Uh, <laughs> just on occasion. But they don't want to give anything up. They don't want to give up their lifestyles. They don't want to give up their foot carbon footprints. They don't want to give up their mansions. They don't want to give up their castles. They want you and me and Africans everywhere to give up all of their stuff. They don't want anyone in Africa to have any uh, pesticides, just sleep under a net so you don't die of malaria. They don't want them to have air conditioners. It's a series of what you and I must sacrifice for their good, not your good. They want you convinced that it's for your good, but it's not really. It is for their religion. They want to impose their way of life on you. Well, and that, I, that's actually poorly said because they don't want to give up their way of life. They want you to never obtain their way of life. Absurd in any event. Um, we got to move on to stuff like that when we come back. Uh, and I want to take your phone calls as well. Uh, it, it is a free-for-all today. You can you can shape the show with your topics. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, um, uh, my 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 buddy Alex, I'm gonna read in loud part his email to you. Every time you bring up the performative nature of the left, I've been meaning to email you the short observation. Some 25 years ago in college, I was watching Looney Tunes on Cartoon Network, and Robin Hood Daffy Duck came on. I'd seen it many times before. Classic Warner Brothers was a staple growing up, and my boys have it on rotation now. But this time it occurred to me that Daffy in that short is the perfect example of the lefts, and now too many people on the right, sadly. He's not concerned with the poor at all. He just wants other people to believe he's concerned. See yon rich, unwary traveler. I'll rob him of his gold and give it to some poor, unworthy slob. That'll prove I'm Robin Hood. Hmm, pretty. Hmm. <laughs> Classic Warner Brothers was brilliant. A lot more intellectual than people were. That's a great point. It really is. It, it really is. And, you know, many of the people who are coming from up north uh, turn out to be very privileged kids. They They are from many of them wealthy families. Which reminds me, we'll get into cockroach milk here, but I'm I'm trying to avoid it. Um, I got to pull up this email because I promised I would talk about this again today for this guy. Um, so Todd emailed, and Todd said yesterday I was talking about a story from the Free Press, and the article was that um, so much of the cultural elites these days have now framed your 20s as your childhood, where you're at an age of childhood where you can drink, do drugs, party, make meaningful friendships, have, build memories and experiences together, and you can put off having a family, you can put off uh, having kids, you can put off getting married, you can put off getting a good job until your 30s. Well, then by the time you're ready to settle down, get married, and have kids, it's too late. If you're a, a lady, by the time you're 40, it's it's increasingly difficult to have a child without issues. If you're a guy, uh, you don't want to be in your 40s having really young kids. Uh, I don't say this from personal experience. I, I know someone listening to the program right now, though, who is in his mid-40s and has young kids, and it's more exhausting for him than it was for me in my early 30s to do this. 
It's just the reality of things. And uh, a lot of people on the left encourage you to put off having kids to the point that you're not having kids. And young men, after the Roe decision, many of them rushed out. They had vasectomies. They're just like, I, I want to be able to have sex without consequence and without kids. And at some point, they're maybe going to want to have a family and they're not going to be able to without some expensive surgeries that insurance isn't going to pay for to reverse vasectomies and things like that. And it is this whole idea of society without consequence and life without consequence in your 20s that I personally believe is designed by the population control people to get you to a point where you're not going to have kids. You're not going to procreate. I don't know if you know this or not, uh, but the American birth rate right now is breaking even. That means as many people are dying today as are being produced, which means we are not growing our population. China's population is in a 45 percent free fall. Uh, within about 15 years, the country of Nigeria's population is going to exceed the United States as we begin a slow decline. And no country that has ever begun a population decline has ever reversed that. So I'm mentioning all of this yesterday, and the key point is that there is an aspect of our culture right now led by our cultural elite who are trying to convince 20-somethings they're still kids that they should be able to escape responsibility and livelihood and life and marriage and childhood and put it off until it's too late. So Todd emailed, said, I was listening to Eric's radio show in which he discussed younger generations and millennials having a lower birth rate. I would like to invite Eric to mind his own effing business when it comes to the topic of other people's procreation. He has absolutely no say, nor is entitled to comment on if, when, or how other citizens of this country start a family. Just as I am free to make the decision to not have children, Eric is free to take his judgment and suppositions about others' choices and shove them up his rotten C-word. I look forward to future radio broadcasts. Thank you. This is kind of what I'm getting at. Todd's email was very timely. There is a level of cultural elitism in this country that tells you and me we're not allowed to say anything about this. We will be judging people if we do. And the reality is there's actually a historic path for regeneration of the species, growth of a population, and stable families. And Todd's flippancy here and his annoyance at me pointing this out is he is indicative of someone who has fed into this cultural idea now, fed by the population control Malthusians, that whether he has kids or not, uh, mind your own business. If he wants to have them later in life, he can't, except the problem is he can't. Unless he finds a, 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 a woman who's willing to uh, procreate with an old man, and maybe if he's super rich, when he gets to that age, he'll find a 20-something willing to have his kids. But that gets into a whole host of other societal problems there. And it, it, so it's it's this sort of angry, visceral reaction that a lot of people have been programmed now to have that who are you to say how I should live my life? I'm not telling you how to live your life. What I am telling you is that there are consequences to how you live your life. And so much of society now tells you there are no consequences to how you live your life. There actually are. If you wish to spend your 20s frivolously building meaningful relationships and experiences around the planet so you can write a book about kite surfing the great coral reef, good, go for it. I hope your parents have the money to subsidize your trip. 
But when you're 40 years old and and you're a mid-level manager at McDonald's because you gave up your 20s to get job experience, don't come demanding that my taxes be raised to subsidize you and your failed life. Some people want to be 40-year-old mid-level managers at McDonald's, and that's fine if it's their choice. It's just really striking to me the level of angry response from this guy over something like this that is, I'm just telling you, common sense stuff. It's not judging you because you choose not to. What I am telling you, though, is we as an entire society now at the cultural elite level of our society pushing nonsense on 20 and 30-somethings that when they're 70 years old is going to leave them without a support structure underneath them. It reminds me of a letter to the editor in the Wall Street Journal last week. The guy was talking about, um, oh, what's his name? The oh, the Malthusian um, Berkeley, uh, Stanford professor. Oh, now what's his name? It escapes me. Malthusian Stanford professor. You know, it's it's amazing. You can you can do this. Um, and um and, and and understand who these people are just just pretty rapidly um except that didn't work dog on it but nonetheless you, you know the the Stanford professor uh the population bomb guy what's his name um population bomb yes yeah 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 okay um he is a Stanford professor um who decided that the world was going to die out in the 1980s. And there have, in fact, been these Malthusians who believe the world is going to be starved of resources. And you have to, um, Paul Ehrlich, that's who I'm thinking of. Thank you, uh, Paul Ehrlich. Why am I thinking? I'm thinking my computer. I came up with it. Phillip's probably distracted by hockey scores. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you get this idea. That uh, the world has so limited resources and we're all going to die. And these people are pushing this idea on 20 and 30-somethings that you shouldn't have kids. You can have kids in your 40s and 50s. Why, why not wait until your 40s and 50s? Believe me, biology doesn't work this way. And you shouldn't be listening to the people who believe men can have babies for your support structure for when to have kids. I'm not judging you if you decide you don't have kids. I actually have dear friends of mine who have chosen not to have children. And they have great relationships with their nieces and nephews, and they understand when they get old, their nieces and nephews hopefully will step in and take care of them. But I just I read this terrible, terribly sad letter in the Wall Street Journal last week from a guy who believed Paul Ehrlich and decided not to have children. And his his letter was, I believed Paul Ehrlich in the 1970s. I'm now in my 70s, and I have no children, and I'm lonely and feel like I was a fool. It's it's just striking to me that so many of the loud voices these days do that. And it's like the idea of you, you now need to give up your coffee, not because it's bad for you. It's actually quite good for you. It prolongs your life. And I don't think it's a coincidence that studies have come out in the last year that said regular coffee drinkers tend to live longer and have uh, better cardiac pathways in their body and better uh, neuron pathways in their body. And suddenly it's, oh, no, you can't drink coffee because um, it's bad for the environment. Why is it bad for the environment? 
It's They say carbon footprint, but what's the real carbon footprint? Well, it's because you live too long and pollute the world, and we need you to die sooner to save the planet. What about saving ourselves? These people seem really committed to the idea of saving the planet and not actually having people on it. I think many of them would be fine if a lot of us went extinct so that the planet could be pristine. Maybe the dinosaurs will come back if we all die off. I was watching a comedian last night who's talking about the polar bears, that uh, he's pretty convinced that white people are worked up about polar bears because they're white and that um, maybe it's just time for the polar bears to go extinct. Maybe it is. Actually, you know, the polar bears have been on a rebound. All these these environmentalists who still have the polar bear as the poster child for the environment and climate change, actually the polar bear population is a massive rebound. But the comedian was like, you know, I mean, what about the dinosaurs? What if the dinosaurs were still around? You, you'd leave the movie theater and say, you guys have a good night. Run, 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 run. Because the T-Rex is coming to eat you. Maybe, maybe, some, maybe some animals are meant to go extinct. The polar bear not being one of them. But the left would have you believe they're still going to go extinct. These, they're, really, they're not concerned with your well-being. They're concerned with their well-being. The Davos set wants you to give up cow milk for cockroach milk. They don't want to give up their private plane. They want you to give up your power sources. They're not going to give up their McMansions and their their gigantic mansions. They want you to not travel outside of your local area lest you expand your carbon footprint. They're going to keep their mansions all over the planet and travel between them on the private jet. It's Animal Farm. They, they want you to behave in certain ways, but they don't intend to behave in those ways. They'll preach it. They won't believe it or practice it. There's a level of deep hypocrisy there. It's shameful. Amanda, you're going to be next. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. Thank you so much. Um, I really enjoy your show. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I wanted to speak to what you mentioned, basically referencing that email that that gentleman sent you. Um, I feel like there's just a lack of individual responsibility that our society seems to have today. I've recently been inspired by a book I've been reading, Margaret Thatcher's Lessons on Leadership. For oh, the gosh, that's a, such a good book. I love that book, and I am so inspired by her. I feel like she's so underrated. Like, there's not enough said about that lady. But um, one of the things she preaches about was individual responsibility and then also just the traditional values of family. And you're, you're absolutely right. Like, this is just being attacked by the left, but it's, it's, it's for a reason. I mean, there is a reason they're doing this. Yeah, I, I, th- listen, if you can convince people to not take responsibility for themselves, by the time they realize they need responsibility, they have to turn to government. And it's just it's a great way to expand the government is to embolden people to not take responsibility in their 20s to take care of themselves and to not have children until they can't have children so that there is no family-created social safety net. You have to go to the government-created social safety net. And remember, it's the left who says, all of us, we belong to the state. That was at Obama's, uh, what, 2012 Convention, we all belong to the state. These are the people who booed God. They want you to worship government, not God. I want you to go to EdenPureDeals.com and clear the air in your house. Listen, I don't use, I got to be just upfront because I get questions about this. How do I use the Eden Pure Thunderstorm? I don't use it as an air purifier that I run in my house. How I use it, uh, we had a uh, glassed in the people who owned the house before us had screened in the back porch. We put glass up. 
Well, rain and stuff having come in, and then the um, the mat in the back, it, it got mildewy, and it stunk. And I could take the Eden Pure Thunderstorm out there, plug it into the wall, fire it up, leave it running for the day, come back, and the mildewy smell was gone. I keep one in my travel bag when I travel in case uh, the hotel I'm staying in, someone smoked in the room, or I get a rental car and someone smoked in the rental car. It wipes out odors. Uh, I recommend a friend of mine, he's got a house that he's bought a lake house where the prior owner smoked everywhere. and He just he got the three-pack of the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Put one upstairs, put one downstairs, put one in the, kind of the outside glassed-in room, and leaves them running. So uh, it's eliminated the smoke odors in the house. If you got a litter box, you got a pet, Pet odors, litter box odors, smoke odors, musty odors, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm wipes them out. If you want to get three of them, and you should, one for your RV, if you got one, or camper, wherever, keep one in your travel bag, go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. And my discount code, you'll be greeted with a discount code box, put in ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. So you can go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in the discount code ERIC3, and get three of them for less than $200. You are saving $200 on that purchase. And you get free shipping. It's EdenPureDeals.com, and the discount code is ERIC3. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, if you want to grow your business, reach out to them. Tell them I sent you. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. All right, Grant, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hello, Eric. Hi. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I just wanted to uh, let you know, I was, I've was i been listening to you. I've listened to you for a long time. I don't call in. I've only called in, I think, twice. But, uh, but no, you had some, uh, you know, some comments that were very poignant. And, 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 I, and, I, and I said, no, 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 no. Listen, well, I've, uh, I've known for a long time and I have a lot of respect for you. You're, you're on the right side. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. And so I just wanted to call in and say hello. Um, and by the way, I will I will weigh in on this. Um, and I think the last time I called, I mentioned it because I just uh, ordered some. But uh, the Omaha Steaks, my uh, I've got a good friend in North Carolina that sends me a, a, a thing. You know, sends me a package of Omaha uh, Omaha Steaks every mm. Christmas. Uh huh. And ha- has for a long time. So and and hey. It goes. You got to like it, and it goes a long way. But no, I just want to. I just want to Look, say hello. I, I I appreciate it. Uh, and 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 hello to you too, Grant. And let me let me just say uh, one. I appreciate the kind words. And two, yeah, the 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 Omaha steaks, man, they do make a great gift. Uh, now, if I can just well, get hey. the, the rec tech people to invest in me as well, like the Omaha steaks people. <laughs> Shame, <laughs> well, shameless okay. self promotion there. I'm, I'm, yeah, well, that may be you, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, no offense, but I'm not trying to do a commercial. I'm just saying they, they're, they're good. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. Listen, I, let me let you go there, Grant. I appreciate it very much. Um, 877-973-7425. Only have about a minute left here. Uh, we'll pivot. We'll take your phone calls in the next half hour. I, I just I want to mention slot machines real quick. I don't like playing slot machines. Don't really like gambling. I'll, I'll stand at a craps table and, and have fun for a couple hours. But blackjack, poker, slots, not really for me. But there's data out today. 70% of all gambling revenue from Nevada comes from slot machines. In 2022, $9 billion in revenue was more than the American box office generated at $7.5 billion. And the slot machines at the Las Vegas airport alone 
have generated a billion dollars in lifetime revenue. When you go to Las Vegas, there are slot machines all over Las Vegas. Now, just keep in mind, keep, keep this in mind. 70% of the gambling revenue in Nevada comes from slot machines, which should tell you just how badly the odds are against you in using those things. And yet I see all sorts of generally senior citizens sitting at them, just throwing their coins in, pulling the handle or pushing the button. And you're just, I mean, if you're having fun, God bless you, but really you're throwing money away at a slot machine.